Daily Mail, Thursday, May 7th. We've got a special edition of Daily Mail today. Uh, we're going to run through the usual five or so weird-ass topics of the day, and then we got a special treat for you as uh, this week's Blast from the Past by your boy Barstool Eddie will be uh, tacked on to the end of this episode. So you get you get the five news stories and then an interview with Big Cat. So uh, stay tuned for that after all the shenanigans. we got about two and a half weeks, a little less than two two and a half weeks before Memorial Day, which is huge news. But even bigger news comes out of Manhattan, New York today, where Chipotle and McDonald's have finally decided to deliver in Manhattan. That, my friends, is one enormous step for humans in New York. There was a time, I think it was like 2013, 14, once a month I would tweet at Chipotle and I'd just say, this is your monthly reminder that you should absolutely deliver in Manhattan, you fucking morons. Just leaving money on the table. Just millions of people in Manhattan who want a tasty burrito and will probably pay any sort of delivery fee to have it just delivered right to their office or right to their apartment, right to their fucking desk. They finally listened. McDonald's has jumped on board. They're all using a service called Postmates, which which brags that it's like the car service Uber. It says they have a fleet of 10,000 delivery people who work as independent contractors, a.k.a. It's a bunch of Mexicans on those bicycles that they slap a motor on, so you have like a motorized bicycle. And uh, it sounds like the delivery fee is kind of steep. Chipotle, uh, the delivery fee can be up to seven ninety nine. But like I said, I'd pay like absolutely anything. They say the delivery fees range from five to twenty dollars. If I, if I mean, how many times have you been like, I would give, I would give you a hundred dollars if you just brought me a burrito right now. Well, you can just do it for seven ninety nine. How about that? Boom, done. Huge news for the fat people. McDonald's is very dangerous because. The only thing that stops me from eating McDonald's more often than not is that I got to go there. It's almost like it's like the anti-going to the gym. Same idea, just, just total opposite. Like the biggest problem with the gym is going to the gym, getting off the couch, getting dressed, walking there when it's cold, when it's raining, when it's super hot, whatever it may be. Once you're there, you do the workout, you're happy about yourself, blah, 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 blah. But peeling yourself away from Netflix is the problem. Much like going to McDonald's, you got to like get in the car and drive, to go, to, go through a drive-thru. You got to get out of your apartment. You got to walk 10 blocks to the nearest McDonald's. Now the fact that I can just be like, boom, want a Big Mac? Here you go. Bingo, bango. Here's a large fry. Boom. Dollar apple pie. That's, that's scary. Chipotle is very practical. Having that delivered, that's a life changer. McDonald's, that's a life ruiner. Maryland police officer bites a man's testicles in Baltimore. A police officer from a neighboring county faces an assault charge after he bit another man's testicles in a fight over a woman on Cinco de Mayo. Um, They were called into the assault case around 1147, according to the charging documents. A man told police he was assaulted by two men, one of whom bit his testicles in the alley behind the bar named Looney's Pub. A woman approached the responding officer to tell her she witnessed the fight, according to the charging documents. Police said she gave a description of the attacker who was wearing blue pants and a white polo shirt. Yada, yada, yada. Uh, He had bloodshot eyes, slurred words, a strong odor of alcohol. And yeah, apparently he bit this dude's nutsack. A lot going on in Baltimore these days, huh? You'd think if you were a cop in Baltimore right now, you might want to lay low on the getting shit-faced on Cinco de Mayo and biting other dudes nuts. That's just a thought. I don't want to tell these cops how to live their lives. I've never been in a line of duty I'm just saying, right now, you probably should never be fucking blacked out on Cinco de Mayo fighting over a chick 
and putting another dude's balls in your mouth. That's that's never good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the dude who ultimately got his nutsack chopped on uh, is the loser here. But the dude doing the biting is not too far behind. His nuts don't hurt as much, but his pride should. Because you're fighting over a chick, which is the ultimate fucking bitch move. And then you're, you're putting testicles in your mouth. Which, that's probably the ultimate bitch move. Lesson being, especially if you're in Baltimore, you know, ease, ease into Cinco de Mayo. Cool it with the tequila shots. Don't fight over a chick. There's plenty of pussy out there. And if you are going to fight over a chick, I don't know, square up and throw some fists like a real man and don't go biting testicles. Rap's impact outweighs the influence of the Beatles, said a scientific study. Perhaps my favorite study ever. The impact of hip-hop's arrival on the pop music scene eclipsed that of the Beatles-led invasion of 1964, a computer analysis of 17,000 songs have found. The unusual study found that there's three evolutions on the charts. The 1991 emergence of rap and hip-hop on the mainstream charts, the synth-led new wave movement of 1983, and the advent of the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, the Who, and other British rockers in the early 1960s. Although the Beatles, paced by the songwriting of Lennon and McCartney, enjoy perhaps the highest place in critics' esteem, the researchers found that the hip-hop movement, from pioneers like Africa and Bambada to uh, megastars like Jay-Z, to be more profound. They wrote that the rise of rap and and related genres uh, represented, quote, the single most important event that has shaped the musical structure of the American charts in the period period we studied. That's what's up. Fuck all you Beatles fans. Beatles are the most overrated band in existence. I respect what they did. I'm not going to say they weren't, you know, a major, major part of musical influence. Of course they were. Of course they were trailblazers and pioneers in their own right. Obviously, Lennon and McCartney and... Harrison and Ringo Starr were all legends. I'm not disputing any of that. I'm not saying they weren't popular. I'm not saying they didn't kill it as far as making records and making money. All I'm saying is they're vastly overrated. Their songs are just not that good. Period. I can't even name like more than like three of them. And when I say three of them, I mean like one of them. It's like, let it be. Let it be, hey Jude, we all live in a yellow submarine. That's all I got. You know why? Because the rest of it fucking stinks. I'll take, I'll take my, my early 90s hip-hop. I knew, I knew it deep in my heart, deep in my soul, that that was the best kind of music literally ever. As a young, youngin', six, seven, eight years old, early 90s, Death Row Records coming out, Gin and Juice is dropping, and as a, a little white boy in the suburbs, I still said to myself, you know what? This is the most important musical revolution of all time, and I'm going to be a part of it. Boom, look at that, 2015 looks, turn, turns out I was right. All you fucking classic rock losers can suck it. It's all about hip-hop. Big Bird almost died in the Challenger shuttle. This really, I mean, I I don't offense about this. Probably nothing to really joke about. That was pretty much a, uh, you know, horrendous American tragedy. But I think the statute of limitations has worn off on not being able to laugh about the Challenger. I don't know, that's just me. So Big Bird was almost a passenger on the doomed Challenger space shuttle in 1986. Carol Spinney, who has played the Sesame character, Sesame Street character for 46 years, has a new documentary, I Am Big Bird, and he discussed the dark tidbit today, uh, 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 discussing with the film, blah, 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 while discussing the film with today. NASA thought that if Big Bird went into space, more kids would be interested in the space program, and though Spinney was worried about the idea, he agreed to go open the Challenger. Ultimately, though, NASA decided Spinney, quote, would not fit in the spacecraft while wearing the bulky costume. It made my scalp crawl to think that I was supposed to be on that. Imagine Big Bird 
going up in flames. Again, I guess it's ultimately not that funny, but it's a little funny. The thought that, imagine like, gather around, kids. Look, it's Big Bird going onto a spaceship. There he goes. He's going up into outer space. <laughs> Big Bird's fucking dead. They would have had to have like a funeral. He would. He basically was written off. He would have been written off the show. But in real life, but yep, Big Bird died in a, a fiery crash, perished in a giant ball of fire on the Challenger. I hope you kids love space travel. Now we're gonna send Elbow to Mars next. Hey, we're gonna put the countdown on the next one. Apollo thirteen. Here we go. Oh, he's dead too. Everybody's fucking dying on Sesame Street because they thought space travel was a good idea. Finally for the day before we get into uh, Eddie and Big Cat with a blast from the past, uh, we got a kid who had his whole high school evacuated because he wanted to go up to the board and write, I got a bomb grade. He didn't get to finish the sentence. So uh, Washington High School was evacuated Friday after what initially appeared to be a bomb scare turned out to be a boy's boast about a high grade. Police chief said the 14-year-old meant to write, quote, I got a bomb grade on the blackboard, but he didn't finish writing the last word before the alarm was sounded. Bomb has been used for years as boastful slang, meaning great or the best. The entire high school was cleared out immediately and students were sent to the middle school where they remained the rest of the day. 1,500 kids had to be evaluated. It was more of an under- a misunderstanding than a bomb threat. Uh, it's the third day in a row that the same school district had to be evaluated because of bomb threats. <laughs> Not a good week for that place couple things going on here. First of all, when I was in seventh grade, sixth grade, a kid brought in a dead grenade to school. Just fucking straight up had a grenade in his backpack. School went wild. Place went fucking bananas. Teacher saw a goddamn grenade in his backpack. The whole school gets evaluated. They called in the fucking SWAT team. I'm talking like those big black armored trucks, people jumping out in all black with like night vision on. It was crazy. And the kid was like, oh, yeah, I bought this at, like, the American Legion. It's dead. You know, I bought it for, like, a little souvenir and decided to bring it to school. Classic. Justin Rodstrom, that was his name. What a move by that kid. Secondly, what kind of asshole runs up to the chalkboard to write, I got a bomb grade? Fucking loser. I hope you do blow up. I hope you do get blown up by a bomb, bro. Who even says bomb anymore? Bomb, 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 Come on. You know, it's 2015. You can't say anything about a bomb in school. It's not only it's 2015. You can't say bomb because it's fucking 25 years old. That slang, and you can't say it anymore because you know you're going to get fucking evalu- uh, evacuated. Grow up. All right, let's get into uh, this this week's blast from the past with uh, Eddie and Big Cat. This comes from uh, the first week of May a couple years ago. So this week in barstool history, when your boy Big Cat thought he was being stalked by a couple stoolies. Let's get into it. What's up, everybody? This is Eddie from Barstool Chicago with another edition of Barstool Throwback. Today, my guest is Big Cat, and we're going to discuss the time where he thought he had not one, but two stalkers in the matter of a week. First off, Big Cat, how you doing, man? Good. What's going on? Uh, not much. Not much, man. Uh, just here to talk about you getting creeped on in airplanes and possibly tattoos. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, actually, because two years ago, it was... I thought I had a stalker. Now I'm pretty sure I do have a bunch, but that's kind of par for the course. So this was like the first dip into the to the stalker stalker world. So so we'll, we'll kick that off with this. How far were you into being full time at Barstool at this point? This was May 2013. So I was full time. I was full time by a few months. Um, I think I can't remember the exact date, but I know that 
um, whenever the manhunt was, that was I was full time by then. So it must have been a month or two. Um, but yeah, it had just like it, it was definitely at the beginning of having my picture out there a lot more, being in a lot more videos. So getting recognized was definitely new and like a weird phenomenon because it still is a little weird even today, but it was definitely weird two years ago. So was this your first kind of reaction that you've had with stoolies like this? Was this like your, your breaking in moment? It wasn't the first uh, stoolie to recognize me. It was definitely the first one to recognize me and do the thing where they recognize me. I know they recognize me. We kind of stare at each other like long lost, like acquaintances that can't remember each other's name. And then they just don't say anything and then keep staring for the next, you know, however long I'm around. So the first blog, the first blog where it was about the tattoo, the title of the blog is, Do I Have a Stalker, and Should I Be Concerned That I Will Someday End Up Being a Skin Suit? Do you want to go into that at all? Kind of what, you know, take me through that blog a little bit if you can. So that picture, which now turns out, I mean, I, I had no idea, and I actually consider myself a pretty, you know, decent Queen fan, um, but because no one buys CDs, I had no idea it was the, actually it's it's a picture of Freddie Mer- Mercury on the cover of a Queen album. It looks so much like me. It freaked me out so much when I saw that. I was like, "This is just too too much. This is this is scary as hell." Um, but it turns out it's just I look like Freddie Mercury, which some people kind of laugh at me about, but that's like a huge compliment because he is one of the best musicians of all time so i don't really know how that would be you know putting me down i guess because he had aids and he died but yeah but if you're if you're in a rock band that means if someone compares you that means you're doing okay and you're right that means one of the best front men of all time so i'm fine with the comparison to freddie mercury yeah there's nothing wrong with that but like you said it's it, it really does we're gonna post a blog under this it really does look like you like yeah i do a double take every time i see it and I, because, you know, Freddie Mercury and I, you could say, I guess, if you see a picture, like, with the mustache, that's fine. But the silhouette, it's like, that's me. And it's also Freddie Mercury at the same time. Yeah, and like we said, the, the picture is, the tattoo as well, it's on the guy's inside of his forearm on his left hand. And I thought the PS you had was a fantastic PS. It just nice and quick. I hope this guy isn't a lefty. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I just look. It's it is it is true though. It is kind of fucked up to think about. It's really fucked up to think about. I guess it's also. I think it's a chick. I don't even know. It's the the, the whole thing still has me a little bothered because I I get it. This is the one where I'll get this to pop up every now and then, and it'll always make me do a double take. Like someone will always send me this. I don't know. Probably once a month for the last two years, they'll just send me a picture of that tattoo. Really, and it's the like, same person. Shit. No, they'll see it on, like, Tinder, or they'll see it on the internet. It'll be somewhere. And I think it's a chick on Tinder. So it will just pop up randomly, and they'll send it to me. I'll be like, oh, fuck. Like, it'll give, give me, like, a quick flashback. Do you think you'll ever see this person? Like, are you ever going to see this tattoo up close? I think that it's probably, like, some Brooklyn hipster chick. So I wouldn't. I would say that my circles do not run in those same circles. So I think I'm probably safe. You know, I, you might be, but I really think you will. This is one of those crazy things that, like, you never think you're going to, but it's just like, wow, you're the fucking, you're the guy, you're the girl, you know what I mean? 
It's like uh, my it's Dick Vitale. I've run I've run into Dick Vitale three times now in my life, and I like it's something that's just going to keep happening. I think that's 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 great. That's just great. So second blog, the title of the blog is "Did I ever tell you about the time a stoolie took a picture of me sleeping on an airplane?" Uh, can you take us through that a little bit? So this one, I don't even remember where I was coming from. I think we were doing a video or something, and I was flying back to Chicago, and the stoolie, it was Southwest, which I love. Shout out to Mark Davis, uh, best airline <laughs> for poor people. And uh, he, so I went to sit in the in the same. He was sitting in the in the uh, aisle, and I went to sit in this the window. And he looked at me. He stood up. He looked at me. He looked at my face. I sat down. He kept on kind of looking at me. I was like, this is kind of weird, but whatever. Uh, you know, not a big deal. Then I went. I fell asleep. I slept for the entire flight. Didn't even think twice about it. Maybe like a week later, on a random blog, he leaves a comment being like, hey, Big Cat, I sat next to you. What was the comment? Do you have the whole thing? Yeah, I have the comment right here. The comment says, Big Cat, sat next to you on the flight yesterday. You kind of got the hipster douchey vibe going on, and you got to take, and you had to take a leak on a one and a half hour flight. Who does that? But big ups because you taking that window seat kept a three hundred pound lady and her kid away from me in my aisle seat. I wanted to say what's up, but I was afraid you write a blog about me or something like press complaining about people who want to talk to you on an airplane. Hashtag Team Burrito. <laughs> so yeah, the guy was basically like, I didn't want you to write a blog about me, so instead he didn't say anything and then commented in the comment section a week later, and I wrote a blog about him. That was just a real, like, the logic behind that was so fucking weird to me. I was just like, man, you just made me way more uncomfortable, and I'm still writing the blog about you, and you're a creep. And what I got to ask now is you'll see the blog, like, this will be posted as well. You emailed him because you were curious. You got his IP address, and you're like, I got to know what's going on. And he sent you a picture of you sleeping. Yeah. What, did you, what did you find weirder, that he left a comment or that he sent you a picture? Definitely the picture. The picture, if you've ever been photographed by a stranger while you're sleeping, well, you probably haven't because I don't know how many people have, but it was really, really strange. And the fact that he was just snapping pictures of me while I was sleeping on a plane, like, come on. That's, we talk about this all the time. I love, I love when stoolies come up to me because it's like, that, that means that we're doing well. That means that we're a success. That means we're resonating. I don't love when stoolies take pictures of me while I'm sleeping. <laughs> yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. So you <laughs> said you said you said you kind of had a feeling you knew who it was. Now, is that only because of eye contact? When you see people out, what is the telling sign where you know this person kind of knows who I am? You're just kind of waiting for them to say something. They'll just be staring directly at my face and like seriously looking at me like I like they know me from like like years and years and years ago but can't remember my name. You know that look when you see someone that you from your past and you're like I know who that is but I can't place them. That's what they'll do to me and then they won't say anything and I'll be like, dude, you just saw me. It actually happened again. I was in, I was in D.C. for a buddy's uh, birthday party and the same thing happened where. A kid basically was just staring at me. Like, I would go to the bathroom, he'd stare at me. I'd come out, he'd stare at me. I was finally like, dude, it's okay. Like, <laughs> thank you for reading. I appreciate it. Like, that's pretty awesome. Uh, and we just moved on. It was just, it was pretty easy. But that is to throw you off a little bit. Do you ever, does it drive you nuts sometimes? You're like, maybe I know this person, or maybe they're just a stoolie. Like, you know, do you ever feel like a dick? 
I I will every now and then, but yeah, he like every now and then I'll I'll be like, uh, wait, hold on, do I know this person? And then I'll realize that I'm just being, you know, I'm stupid. So and and I I should realize because it's one of those things that like I I don't say this to to be uh, like oh I'm trying to be humble or not, anything, but it is still very weird whenever we get recognized and like you realize how big Barstool is outside of our little world. Definitely. And it's, you know, I think you've, you've obviously gotten used to it more over the years. This was two years ago. I've seen how you handle it now. And I, I, I could tell you're, you're, you're trained by now, but. At I this suck point, at the beginning. I, Cause like, it's, you still don't, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it, when I have, I'm not famous, but I, but obviously I get recognized, but I'm, I, I'm not a famous person, but I do get recognized. I understand when like people get famous and they're not like, they don't, they have, there's like an adjustment period where they have to like deal with how to deal with people. And it's, it's a weird adjustment. Yeah. You remember, I was definitely not like adjusted uh, at first. It took me a little bit of time. Yeah, for sure. But you know, like this, I mean, this year's holiday party, we were at the blackjack table. Someone just came up to you, you know, you probably lost a hand, but you walked away from a hand, you took a picture and you were back. You know, it, it was like a, it was really a bang, bang process to be honest. Yeah. You know, exactly. but, and then you say in the blog, you're a little self-conscious about how you were sleeping. Uh, you know, now that you know people are on the prowl to take pictures, are you a little more hesitant to, you know, make sure your mouth's not open or something like that? Well, the funny thing is I, I like, wasn't even that fat then, and I looked fat, and now I can't, like, if someone took a picture of me sleeping now, because, like, you know, like, if, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a little heavy. I've been struggling with my weight. If you're kind of a fat guy, you're walking around like always kind of sucking in, like perpetually sucked in. Oh, so, I know all about it, especially on an airplane. That's yeah, like a- so I'm always sucked in, like always sucked in. <laughs> and when you sleep, you just let it all go. So if I if someone took a picture of me sleeping now, it would be just like it would be an absolute mess, like disaster, <laughs> five alarm fire kind of deal. So would you say this situation was worse getting a picture stamped of you? Or I forget which trip you went on with Prez and Hank when you got stuffed in the back and uh, the last seat with no window. What was the worst plane experience? That was the worst because we were coming from, I think we were in Arizona State. That 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 flight, and I'm sure that they can put that you guys can put this on there too. The the picture that I that Ed's talking about, I was sitting in the back seat of the plane. I uh, uh, it was a window seat, but there was no window. They just didn't make a window for my seat. So I was stuck. It was, I mean, it was like a corner. I was in a corner. And it was, and Dave and Hank were just laughing at me the whole time. And I felt like such an asshole. And it's just a great picture. You're like stiff as a board, like, and you just look miserable. It's it's a great picture. Exactly. <laughs> and then judging by the guy's comment, it says, hashtag Team Burrito with the end. How much do you attribute an, uh, a lot of your initial attention to the whole pizza versus burrito battle? Absolutely. I was thinking about that the other day. That And you know what's funny is that people – that was so organic. It, it came out of nowhere. I remember I was actually um, – I was at State Bar on Webster in Chicago. We were talking – I was talking with some buddies, and, and one of his girlfriends was like, oh, I don't, I, don't, I don't eat pizza. And I was like, what do you mean you don't eat pizza? And that's where it all came from. So, like, it all came pretty organically, and it definitely, like, looking back at those – all those – uh, videos and then obviously the Blackhawks played the Bruins right away after too. That was huge. Those were all huge. 
Yeah, there was definitely probably the the beginning of Big Cat as we know today, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so then, has there been any contact? The guy's comments, their name was Mragla, M-R-A-G-L-A, 075, anything since then? I should look him up, but no, not since, because we changed the comments, you know, obviously with the new with the new blog, so I think we've lost a lot of commenters. But uh, I don't think he even commented again. I think it was just to tell me, that he took a that he was sitting on a plane next to me and didn't want to talk to me but recognized me, which still makes no sense. So he probably made a username just to say that. So we live in a world where he wouldn't say nothing to you when he's two feet in front of you, but he'll go through the process of making a username to comment that. Exactly, and this actually happened. So this happened again, where I like I can't remember where I was, but someone commented on an Instagram picture like two weeks after and was like, hey, Big Cat, I saw you at so-and-so bar and your ass was hanging out or something like that. So this is, I guess, a trap where you just don't say hi, but you wait to comment on something a while later. <laughs> so is there any, you know, to end, the, end off the little podcast here, any other quick stoolish stories you got to share or any, anything at the moment? No other stoolish stories, but just come say hi. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm good at it now. Like you said it. <laughs> Like I, I love, I love it. I love when stoolies come up because that means that you know it's it's like it's like knowing you got a uh, ally in the room. So it's every now and then you need to know that you got a guy in the room that if shit hits the fan, you know you got a couple, you got a couple allies around. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Uh, until next week, we'll bring you another barstool throwback classic blog.